0: Good evening and welcome to a celebratory edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy, Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: I'm as excited as everybody else yeah. in the JMU fan base. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm still riding high. It's been, We're recording this on Monday night, yeah. so it's been over a full 48 hours and I, I'm still on cloud nine.
2: Just... Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I went to push record and I, it actually just hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're... We get to do this. We're we're talking about the uh, BS win. win. Yeah. 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 Um, We are so excited to be with you all tonight. Uh, Lots of good content. There's an incredible amount of JMU content out in the world uh, in the last, well, I mean, growing by the month or by the week, but the last 48 hours have been very exciting. (laughs) Um, And just an unbelievable amount of content. We realize we're not your only choice. uh, So thank you for joining us. As always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Big thanks to Brian and Colby. I got lots of very excited texts from Brian over the weekend, Rob. Um, Good. Good. Yes, it's very fun, fun weekend. Um, and Obviously, everyone who's cared about this program as long as those guys have and, and us knows what a big deal this Saturday was and just what a fun thing it was. Um, but you can go by the shop in Harrisonburg anytime. This weekend, a lot of people are going to be down there. It's Parents Weekend. Got a lot of friends with children at JMU now, Rob. I know. (laughs) We're getting to that stage. Um, And so if you're rained out from an extended tailgate this weekend, you can go over to the shop and uh, mention the podcast and get a free Mossy Creek sticker. And you can get lots of rain gear pregame if you need to. Um, That's
1: a good point. That's a good point. That's way better than a poncho, I'll tell you that. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a good time to go see those guys and we're really appreciative of their continued support rob uh so we uh, we are very lucky i i felt like we were maybe getting pushed i feel like we're getting pushed out of the space we're aging out you know a lot of young people are very excited and taking over and doing awesome things right now um but wow we have a really a guest we've been waiting on uh will not be a first time guest but is a guest we have been waiting on for quite some time and uh to his undying credit, he punted on the bye week pod where we would have had more time for an extended interview because he said he wanted to talk about the App State game.
1: Yeah, he wanted <laughs> to do the wrap-up. So I'm sensing yeah. he was pretty confident heading into this one.
0: Yeah, so this is going to be really fun. Um, I, I, this is going to be a really fun one. So everybody stick around and enjoy. Big weekend in the Sunbelt. Sun Belt. Um, are, are we going
1: to tell everybody who it is? We're gonna, is? you going to, the teaser? we go ahead? Yeah. We might as well. Let's just, Let's yeah. just go. Keep People keep, stick around. Well, we're being joined like Todd and I grew up in the DMV, longtime Bullets and Wizards fan. So perhaps the most famous JMU alum, certainly in, in our little circle, and that's Steve Buckhans, former voice of the Washington Wizards. Um, you'll catch him doing games. He does games both football and basketball for JMU. Mm-hmm. Outstanding broadcaster and about as loyal and passionate a JMU alum as you will meet. So we yes. are really excited to have Steve on a little bit later today to talk all about the big App State win.
0: Technically, we're having him on for the second time, but yes, <laughs> is, yes. it's been a number of years now, so this is and really great. The first um,
1: FBS appearance for Mr. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, But before we get to that, we're just going to cover real quickly, um, a l- the roller coaster in the Sun Belt continues. Um, the roller coaster that is App State, most of all, <laughs> continues, right? They cannot play a normal game. Anyway, yeah, man. If you're studying uh,
1: cardiology, moved to Boone. I mean, yeah, yeah, Those are some yeah. some crazy games down the stretch.
0: Yeah, but but I, the Sun Belt bounced back with what I thought was a really good week this week. Mm-hmm. Um, as we become real Sun Belt fans, I, I was really pleased to see South Alabama beat the living crap out of Louisiana Tech, which I, I think we've been told is a, is very important to other enemy number one for the Sun Belt. Yeah, right. Exactly. So. Um, That was good. And then maybe even arguably a bigger win. I mean, South Al looks like the real deal this year. They do. And and they also, they avoid JMU, the juggernaut of the conference. (laughs) um, No, but they look really good in the West, uh, for sure. Coastal won on Thursday night. They are undefeated. The only other undefeated team. They beat Georgia State. Georgia State. Mm, they, they have a
1: coach who might be on a plane to Atlanta to interview for the Georgia Tech job. They in a sure days, do. And I think so. that would,
0: yeah, I know. Um, although I, yeah, we, I don't know. There's a lot of craziness in getting carried away from JMU fan base. We don't there need is. to contribute to that tonight. Because um, <laughs> Let's just say there's a lot of looking ahead. <laughs> and there is. I don't yeah. think there's any looking ahead in the Sunbelt the way that there was in the CAA. Um, and maybe we should just focus on Texas State in hurricane. Go want
1: to know this week, as the coaches. Yes, guys, yeah.
0: go want to know. Um, some people need to uh, slow down and even pace themselves for this week because mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, there's a lot of withers, withers chatter already. So yeah, this will be fun. Um, but Coastal is four zero. They're the other team. They beat Georgia State. Georgia State remains the best winless team in the country, potentially. Uh, I was trying to think what else big happened this week. Oh, the, uh, the, I think the one that was really noticeable for the Sun Belt was Southern Miss big congrats to the goal for Tulane. Yeah. Beating Tulane who was, you know, had with app and Marshall losing had, there had already been talk about Tulane leading the field for the, you know, new Year's six game among the group of five teams. So big win for Southern Miss Uh, Troy, one, uh, you know, beat Marshall this week. I thought that was a big win for them coming off the app heartbreaker. So, you know, they're obviously, it's Troy and South Al in the other side of the conference are, is going to be something. It's going to be of a year. Yeah, because one thing that we didn't expect this weekend was um, Louisiana Monroe beating their Southern rivals. Uh, yeah, so may, maybe this is a lot more of a rebuilding project for the Cajuns than, than a lot of folks thought. I think we had that sense going in among the like hardcore Sunbelt people, but outside of there, I don't know that everybody realized what an uphill battle that would be. So uh I think those were oh ODU won. ODU beat Arkansas State this week. Um close game. So do I was trying to think of anybody else. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. Um yeah, ODU won. I don't think that's about oh, Texas State beat what used to be Houston Baptist and is now Houston Christian. So that's their FCS yeah. game. One of their FCS one games. Of one of them. Um, not surprising in any way. Southern Miss with the big one. Yeah. And the biggest, oh, look, our game was awesome. So Rob, I think that's, you know, that'll take us into the uh, the meat of this, right? We're going to do the whole show with our co-anchor here. Yes.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll save all the App State talk for uh, for Mr. Buckhead. So looking yeah. forward to it. Looking forward to it. I think everybody will enjoy the conversation.
0: Yeah. Rob, um, if I don't talk to you again after this, uh, have a good week, and yeah. um, you know we will we will talk later in the week.
1: <laughs> yeah, looking forward to good family weekend victory cover. Uh, following up the big one, uh, not quite a trap game, but gotta stay focused. And like you said, Todd, just take it one game at a time. We're going to put in all of our coaching cliches into, into, the, into this episode.
0: Yeah, I really want to win. I just keep winning. They have a yeah. real good chance. I mean, we're we're going to talk. We, we'll get into this more, but. They play Texas State and Arkansas State the next two weeks. There's a real opportunity to keep this JMU chatter rolling if they handle their business, right? I, I mean, I don't want to look, you know, I'm not going to look beyond either of these teams and I'm not going to look at, you know, but we know once we get to Georgia Southern and then who looked good again this, oh, they won again this week. They won. Look, yeah. look good again this week. Um, and then obviously, you know, Marshall and Louisville and there's a lot of opportunities for tripping up down the road. Uh, but this one feels like an opportunity to keep the conversation going. Like Jamie is a 19 point favorite.
1: I think these are the ones you just need to have. You, yeah. You need to be, the the, the Sunbelt is a gauntlet like the old CA was. You need to, there are no gimmies, but if there's something mm-hmm. that approaches a gimme, you can't, you can't let it slip, you know?
0: Yeah, that's what it is. And so this is a real chance and it's family weekend. It'll be fun. Should be a good crowd, rain or shine. Because those families are going down regardless. Yeah. Exactly. It'll probably be a good it'll probably be a good crowd in the first quarter. I can't say beyond that. We'll see what the weather holds. Um, but it's an exciting time. So talk to you next week, Rob.
1: All right, see you later. Go dukes.
0: And welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. Todd and Rob as always, who are absolutely thrilled to be joined by I don't know. Arguably, Rob, I don't know if you're the most famous JMU alum, but um <laughs> in, in our world, you're the most famous JMU
3: alum. Yes. Haley <laughs> might have something to say about that. Charles right.
1: Haley, well, yeah, I, yes. I wouldn't correct him if he said he was more famous. No kidding. <laughs> yes. But we're proud well, to have you on. Certainly for, for people like Todd and I who grew up in the DMV in the 80s and 90s, like you were a living legend. Even you aside, you know, with your time on Fox 5 as the sportscaster, and then obviously your longtime history as voice of the Wizards uh, and Bullets before that. Um, Steve Buckens, welcome
3: to the show. Thank you, guys. It's great to be with you. I always love talking to fellow Dukes and uh, saw so many of them as I traveled around the country with the Wizards. Uh, they just seem to pop up everywhere. And uh it, which was great, I mean, because you, you just out of the woodwork, you know, somebody's coming up to you and said, hey, man, I went to JMU or go Dukes or whatever. So uh, it's always fun to talk to guys like you and uh, share stories and, and the history of the school is, is fabulous.
0: All right. Well, I'm just going to start right there. Then um, I got my uh, Bullets hat here that uh, it, I, I know I was wearing in the first row at a Bullets or actually it was a new newly Wizards game, Wizards Nuggets in Denver. Um, after my time at JMU, I lived in Colorado, and my roommate and I were both JMU alums. And we sat down there, <laughs> and we kept yelling at you. And these were terrible. That was, I think, that might have been the Gar Herd team.
3: Could have been. They were struggling. We had, had a bunch and then, of head coaches.
0: Yeah, and the Nuggets were bad. That was the Van Exel Nuggets. They were not good either. There was nobody in the arena, and we yelled at you and at you and Phil to come over. And you guys came over at halftime, and you're like. Why are you guys here, and why are you wearing bullet stuff? <laughs> right. And we we were like, we went to JMU, and you turned to Phil and you said, "See, Dukes everywhere."
3: That's right, and <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. And and there were guys like you. It seemed like in almost every arena we went to. But yeah, Denver always, and and Salt Lake City too. We always found guys, and uh, it was so neat to just come across Madison people. They're just everywhere, man. And we talked about the the bullets. I mean. When I was at Madison College in 73, and, you know, I did radio, obviously, and then I started at Channel 3 there, I covered the world championship team in 77, 78. So I was working at Channel 3 in Harrisonburg, Mm -hmm. and I would take my little TV camera up there with my friend Steve Lealoo, who did the news and I did the sports at Channel 3, and we'd come up to the Capitol Center and do interviews Uh, And man, you know, I'm up there I remember I was in, this is even before Channel 3, this is when I was doing radio At WMRA Uh, I would go up and cover Bullets games And so I'm in the locker room interviewing Dr. J and some of these Great players, coming back and Putting it on the radio at WMRA And I remember I had a class It was a film class And I'm sitting in the class and my teacher Came over to me and said Did I hear you interviewing Julius Irving The other day on the radio? (laughs) I said, yes, I did. He said, man, how did that happen? I said, well, I, you know, I, I got a press pass and I went up there and did these interviews. So when the Bullets won the championship in 77, 78, me and Leeloo were in the locker room doing oh, yeah. interviews and coming back and putting it on Channel 3. And it was fabulous. So even though I grew up a Bullets fan and and my parents used to take me to the Baltimore Civic Center when they played there, oh, wow being able to cover them in 77, 78, when they won the world championship. And again, I was in Harrisonburg at the time. I remember when they won the thing because they won it in Seattle. And I, I, I went out and partied my rear end off in Harrisonburg <laughs> after we won the championship. I think it was down maybe at the elbow room or one of those places that you guys probably don't remember, but uh, it was fabulous stuff, man. And it was a great celebration. So yeah, my bullets memories go back even farther than yours. And I got, a couple of bullet hats in my office too. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, well, we want
0: to. We we're so glad to have you. And obviously, we want to talk about all the um you know extended stories we can get from you. Um, but you told us last week we uh, we talked to you a couple weeks ago, and we were like, "Well, there's a buy coming up. This would be a great time to have a really great guest." Let's see if we can pull this off. And you said, "No, I want to talk about the App State game." So you were apparently way more uh, prescient and optimistic than we were. <laughs> And who knew that we would get to
1: talk Are you about a conflict you're not telling us about,
3: right? right. Uh, so. yeah, no, and and truthfully, I um I didn't foresee this happening. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that I you know thought they'd get beat, although you know I wasn't real optimistic. Um, but I just thought it would be a better conversation to have following that game. So, you know, fast forward to now when they've had that incredible comeback and they win the game. Yeah. Now we got plenty to talk about, but yeah, that, exactly. that, that was, that was phenomenal guys. I know you feel the same yeah. way, but that was just amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, talk about a roller coaster of emotions. Like I know I, I was more excited about that as a regular season game as any football game for JMU. I can imagine since maybe the North Dakota state game in Fargo, like I was where all day long and there was a buzz about me, you know, I'm texting friends And then the game starts and that first drive, you're like, all right, this is fun. We can hang. And then the second quarter came and it was like, all right, where do we stand now? And it was like managing motions, but still kind of, most of the people I was talking to were like, let's stick with it. You know, there's some things that we're seeing. It's not all bad. There's some bad breaks. And then just the complete opposite, like, oh my gosh, that third quarter and fourth quarter, just, you know, straight to the moon. So it, it was amazing. But from your guys' perspective, like, what was the story of the game?
3: Well, the story of the game before the game was the fact that here's, you know, once Madison College, now James Madison University, making that step up and finally playing uh, a legitimate you know, yeah. opponent in FBS play, Appalachian State, a team that obviously had had a huge win two weeks before. Mm-hmm. Um and now this is coming off a victory against Middle Tennessee, and we didn't know what they were going to do at Miami. We had no <laughs> clue that was happening. All right. so they And Middle Tennessee State, you know, had been a pretty good team in the past. They've been in the playoffs and their conference and everything else. Yeah. So we thrashed them. And then Norfolk State, you know, God love them. They, you know, they're not on the level that Madison's at. And, you know, it just destroyed them. So we're now facing a legitimate opponent who had beat a, you know, ranked team two weeks before at their place where we hadn't had all that much success and um, it was going to be a true test. Mm -hmm. And I'll be truthful with you, Rob. I mean, when when they went down 28 to three, I I didn't feel good. I mean, there just were, were too many things that were going wrong. And, and I said, and, you know, I have a list of guys that I, text with the Madison guys that we, we, we all text with Steve Lelou and Van Snowden who used to play basketball back in the day when I was there and Billy Don and Dave O'Donnell, who was a judge in Harrisonburg forever. Cool. And, 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 you know, and, um and Bill, o, uh, Bill mm-hmm. O'Donnell and all these guys um, that are friends of mine, yeah uh, we text during the games and all. And I said to them before the game, I said, the keys are, um, you know, the, the defensive backs not getting burned. No silly mistakes, uh, penalties, things yeah. like that. Well, we end up having seven penalties for fifty yards. They got to clean that up. Yeah. And we've always been a little bit undisciplined mm-hmm. uh, with late hits and targeting and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. uh, I did five football games last year. Um, you know, and uh, I can remember there would seem like there was a targeting foul on, on in every game, and a guy was disqualified. You can't do that if you're going to be playing these upper echelon teams. Yeah. The penalties hurt too, and. Just in that first half, yep. even though I think we were down 28-10, when we were down 28-3, I, I wasn't feeling real good about it. Yep. But like you said, in the second half, man, that just shows you that you, you persevere and you never give up. And I will credit Kurt Signetti for that. Yep. Uh, he must have got this team at halftime and said, look, <laughs> you know, we, we're not out of this game. You, you know yep. We're getting beat, but we're not out of this game. Let's just put our heads down and focus and do what we can do. And, um, you know, between the quarterback, who I think is really terrific, um, I just hope he doesn't get his his block (laughs) knocked off at some point because he likes to run. But he's good, really good. Our receivers are good. You know, he got time to throw. And when he can't throw, he makes plays happen with his feet. Mm -hmm. And then defensively, look, we held them to 63 yards rushing for the whole game. Wow. That that says something right there, man. That's big. And then we gained 172 yards. So, I mean – and we got some good backs. Now, I don't know what Obishe's uh yeah. have you guys heard why he didn't play much?
0: I didn't. He was on the sidelines in like cheering for everyone in his uniform. So I was like, it's not COVID, because he's down there with the team. Yeah, he must like, be like, nicked and up and it, and it was, in some capacity. But and he we wasn't didn't hear crutches, any crutches. So it yeah. must have been I, I don't know if he got it. like I have no idea.
3: I you know, know, it it have no idea. We don't haven't heard an update this week yet. It's you know, um it's only Monday as we do this podcast, but yeah. So I don't know what um his yeah. status is, or if he got injured or whatever. But like Caelan like, Black
0: was, Black was, was Black was terrific. And, yep.
3: and you know, Latrell Palmer, even yep. though he put the ball, on the, ball on the ground one time, I liked him last year. I think he's a yep. strong back. He's got strong legs. So, look, last year before guys got hurt, they had five or six running backs that were pretty legitimate. Their yep. their running back situation was solid, and then it got thin when people got hurt. Mm-hmm. But um, I like their running back situation and. You know, yep. look, if their offensive line can stand up to guys like that and open some holes and protect Santeo, uh, yeah. then, you know, I, I I think good things will happen. I think, again, the, the defense, uh, the secondary to me is the big key. They, they're they going to be tested with some of these teams that pass, and uh, we'll see how they do. But against Appalachian State, to come back the way they did, and that the, the one interception by, I guess it was Jalen Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that might have been the key play of the game. I yeah, think. Really I mean, was. that that continued their momentum. They were deep in, in App State territory. A fabulous interception. I mean, just to be able to pick that thing off out of the air like that was like Cal incredible.
1: Ripken jumping up there. So. It was <laughs>
3: yeah. it was sensational. And then two plays later, they scored. So that was a, to me that was a big big play. And they just turned it around in the second half. Man, that was that was a really impressive win. I know you guys feel the same way.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, Steve, it's funny because you're saying like with the texting thing, like people joke like I'm a very nervous fan, so I always see doom and gloom. And Todd is always the positive one with silver linings. And he actually, by texting with him, I just changed my focus in that second quarter where I was like, okay, things aren't going our way. But Todd pointed out something he said, "The the line play was up to par. And that was a thing where personally I would expect there to be a big gap between FCS and FBS. So I was just kind of tempering expectations like, okay, this game might not go our way. But at least we've got the basis and, you know, the most important part of the game, the offensive line, where they can hang. Um, What you said also about Signetti, the adjustments made, particularly with the secondary, were masterful, I thought. You know, you take some chances. You put Chauncey Logan, you got a freshman stepping in there playing corner, you know, changing the press conference. They were making up for kind of the lack of speed by going zone and App State was picking them apart in the second quarter to change it up on the fly and really just putting on the shoulders of some of these young guys to go out there on an island and do it. I thought was amazing from a coaching perspective and also just like the confidence that that staff must instill in the players to take that being down so big and to go in with a pretty drastic change in scheme. And it it just worked like it was about as perfect as it could go. Like in some ways even better than a blowout, you know, to show that resiliency and come back.
3: Yeah. And then, and then even at the end of the game, they controlled the ball for over seven minutes. Oh yeah. Me, which was huge yeah. because when they give the ball back to app state, they only got two minutes to play yeah. and they, yeah. they got a 90 score yards. touchdown. So yeah. that was huge, man. That was, I mean, that was really big. So I agree with you exactly what you said. And to me, and I don't know, I don't know anything about Texas state. I haven't seen them. I don't, I haven't heard, I don't know if they're good or not. I don't know what to expect. Um, but I would say for our guys, you know, as I watched them the last few years, I mean, these, these young guys are really good athletes. And as we know, hell, we got like nine or 10 guys in the NFL right now. So, I mean, they know that they're good enough to be able to get to the next level. If, yeah. if in fact it works out for them that way. But what I would temper them with is not being too cocky. I mean, yeah. th- there's a fine line between being cocky and being confident to the point where you know you're good enough to beat another team, but not so cocky that you you know you you, you walk out there thinking you don't have to play. Yeah. And so I hope that they go into the Texas State game uh, not thinking that. You know, I, I think the, the biggest key is to be humble. Okay there's a line between being cocky and being humble. And you got to be right there at the balance so that you're not too far over that line where you think, you know, your S don't stink. And in the meantime, you're humble enough to know that you're good, but you still got to play the game. And and I, I worry sometimes about these guys because they've gotten a taste <laughs> of this success now. Yeah. And I don't want them to get humbled by somebody when they're not expecting it. So again, I'm sure they, they know a lot more about Texas state than I do, but um, I'm really hoping that they'll be just focused and go out there and do what they have to do and, and stick to the game plan and really try to cut down on some of those mistakes. Mistakes are, you know, penalties, fumbles, you know, costly interceptions, that kind of stuff. So I really hope that that's what they'll do uh, Saturday. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, Rob, we kind of hit on a couple
0: of my thoughts, which were, one, that's what I said. Even in the second quarter, I was so impressed with the O-line and the D-line. They were holding up. We fumbled twice inside our own territory. I mean, two of App's touchdowns were, you know, fairly easy, short-field Credit
1: to them for taking advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, that's and what that good throw, teams do.
0: I mean, at the, the quarterback yeah. was good, right? I mean, oh. he was good. That throw to the corner of the end zone was incredible. Right? We
1: don't. We didn't see throws like that at the FCS level. No, no knock against him. That, that. That was a... Pro quality. And trouble. it was a real a learning
0: point for like, if we yeah. turn the ball over at this level, they're going to score seven. Like there's no yeah. doubt. Like you're in yeah. trouble. That's not Elon right out there. Yeah. Right. You know, and that was a real, but I was really happy. And I remember thinking to myself, man, this sucks. We're going to lose this game and we're going to have to tell everybody don't panic. Like, like the lines are pretty good. And then, I, I mean, I didn't expect that, but the other one, the two offensive coordinator, Mike Shanahan and defensive coordinator, Bryant Haynes, I mean, just fantastic. As Steve said, they just shut them down from running the ball. And they did that even when they were, even when App was scoring there in the second quarter, it wasn't by just running it down our throat. You know, I mean, they made some good throws. They had some, I mean, they have speed on the outside that we haven't seen before.
3: Right. Um, And, And, you know, we have to expect that from all of these teams now. Yeah, and this is now a different level. You know, you're playing Marshall and and Coastal Carolina and even Old Dominion and Louisville. Yeah. And come on. I mean, these <laughs> these are these are real challenges. And, I, you know, this game gave me great confidence and pleasure to know that or to at least think that, OK, we hopefully now we can stand up to some of these other teams. Because I thought if we go to Boone and get crushed, yeah. it's going to be like, all right, this is. We're at a different level now, guys. We haven't seen this level yet, and uh, and now we got to you know sort of plot around for the next couple of years and hope that we get better. <laughs> right. But if we're that, if we are that good, you know, and who knows where we're at? I don't know if you saw the the uh, I got the thing on my uh, Twitter today about the rankings. It oh yes, yeah. it was like college football rankings or something like that, and they they singled out James Madison because they said, look. We're three games into the season. We can't really, nobody really knows who belongs where at this point. He right. said, but, but you know, they said, for instance, um, uh, w- you know, if, if James Madison was playing, you know, Notre Dame, or if they were playing Oklahoma, would they be favored? Well, no, they no. wouldn't be favored. But did Madison beat the team that beat Notre Dame? Yes, they did. Right. And did they thrash the team that beat the University of Miami? I mean, yeah. Yes, they did. So anyway, I think they had them ranked like thirty first or something yep. ahead of some major college football programs, which I was just stunned when I saw that. I yeah. mean <laughs> I, that that, that boggles the mind. And I don't know if we're that good or not, truthfully, but to see that, you know, they're ahead of Maryland. I mean, you know, just yeah. teams that you you can't believe. Uh Notre, they were held in Notre Dame. I mean, yeah. yeah. three yeah. and and they sort of have to put them in that position. But you know, the next couple of games, obviously Texas State, and then uh, who Arkansas, do they play after that? Arkansas State. Arkansas State. And, and then it's Marshall teams. at home, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So they, as I said, or Georgia Southern and Marshall. Yeah. So we have these, we, Rob and I were talking before we came on. These two weeks, they have a real chance to keep this momentum going. Now, I'm not, like you said, I'm really concerned because you can't have a letdown like you could in the CAA. This isn't right. how, you know, even not going to win with Texas your State game. is bad. Yeah, even if Texas State is not great in the Sun Belt, they're not Towson. You know, <laughs> like they, you can't get away with playing poorly and the mistakes and that
3: kind of stuff. Correct, they're on the FBS level, and that's why I say uh, the key. Uh, really, yeah. the the key again: be humble. Uh, so don't think you're, you know, just yeah. going to walk out there and win. And then watch those mistakes, fumbles, and and really the penalties. I mean, you can shoot yourself in the foot so many times. And, you know, listen, I, I, uh, I don't know much about the kicker. Obviously uh, uh, losing yes. Radke was, was unfortunate. Yep. Uh, and I know this guy's a red shirt freshman and I, uh, I hope he does well, yep. but, you know, watching him in his first kick, when he, when he hit the guy in the back of the head, you know, in the first game, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, you, you know, uh, that's a problem now, you know, we got 22,000 kids at that school. Somebody's got to be able to kick. (laughs) Yeah. I felt a
2: little
0: bad this weekend because the one he missed was not a terrible kick. Like he just missed it. But that was a 27 yarder. It was so so close. I know. I know. It just, I just mean we've, I I think just every year at the beginning of the season, you see kids like shank them all over the place. Right. And you're like, he hit it. Including Ratke.
1: Yeah. Ratke struggled.
3: Ratke, you know, and I love him. God love him. He's the NCAA record holder and and that's fine. But, the two misses against Villanova oh, last okay. year. If if he makes one of those kicks and JMU wins the game, then they probably wind up not having to go to North Dakota State.
0: For right they right. they're,
3: they're, they're a one or a two seed instead of a yep. three, and they're playing at home yep. instead of going on the road. Sure. So. And that was so uncharacteristic of him because I think the first one was yeah. like 32 yards and the second yeah. one was like 37, you know, and and I just couldn't believe he missed those. But yeah. it's funny, uh, last year when I was interviewing Signetti prior to one of the games I did, uh-huh. <laughs> we were talking about kickoffs. You know, Madison couldn't get the ball in the end zone. I, I oh, forget I love this was.
0: kid. The yeah, <laughs> this kid's
3: great. I mean, yes. it's like, my God, we finally got the ball to the goal line or in the end zone or out of the end zone because last year I was like, we can't get the we're kicking the ball to the fifteen yard line. It's like completely killing us. And I remember saying to him, I said, Coach, is is our strategy to kick the ball high and kick it short so that we can maybe okay, I don't know, tackle him or get a fumble. Yep. He I said, Or can we just not get the ball in the end zone? He said, We we just can't get the ball in the end zone. I mm-hmm. said I said, Listen, there's twenty two thousand kids at this school. Somebody's <laughs> gotta be able to kick the ball. <laughs> Go to the soccer team and get one of those guys. They got to be able to kick it out of the end zone. So I'm glad, like you said, uh, Todd, that we got somebody that can get the ball in the end zone now.
0: Well, your broadcast booth partner, Kurt Dudley, I know is very pleased because that's our transfer from Bridgewater. Oh, great. Yeah. Connor Madden's a transfer up from Bridgewater. So wow. The kid who who's kicking a, yeah. On the kickoff specialist. Who so, thought yeah.
3: that? That's good. Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 Cause again, these are things that at this level, you, you know, you got to have that. Uh, you can get away with it at the FCS level. You can't yep. get away with these things at this level. So you got to have guys that make field goals. you got to have guys that yep. can kick it into the end zone. Your punter's got to be good and all these things, man. It's, it's just a different level. And that's why the win at App State was just so impressive, man. I just yep. – I was stunned. When we went down 28-3, to three, I, I'm thinking wow. that's a real problem. And to score 29 unanswered points was phenomenal. Yeah.
1: On the yeah. road, I mean, in that yeah. environment. So, I, yep. like you, yep. I'm I'm always concerned about teams getting a little cocky, not because of any sort of character flaw, but because these are kids. Yeah, we were 18 to 22. You see how it gets. At them. <laughs> yeah. That was my the only thing I took away from Norfolk State is the fact that they came out and executed. They didn't look past Norfolk State. It would have been very easy to do that going into App State, which kind of eases my concern to a little bit heading in Texas State. I still think it's going to be an issue. You know what are they? Seventeen point favorites? Did we say today? Oh, I didn't. I
3: haven't seen that. Is that? Yeah. Is that or, yeah oh yeah.
1: JMU's so
0: nineteen point favorites. Oh wow! Yeah, I so didn't know that. Yeah. And you
1: know that's got to be bothering Texas State. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not making out like Jamie's Alabama, but they kind of put a target on their back now for the rest of the Sun Belt. Like nobody wants to be the the next App State. Like who's this new kid on the block? We're gonna knock you right. out. So I'm sure the coaches are using that and every other motivational trick in the book. But I think it's true. I think people are gonna want to kind of quiet the new kid and and nobody wants to lose to a call up from FCS. Well,
3: it it is incumbent upon the coaches. I mean, and I know Signetti knows this and I know they all know that, but man, if I'm them, I am sitting these kids down and saying, look, you guys are good, but do not think that you can't play the game. You got to, you can't just walk out there. I don't care who you're playing at this level. You got to go out and play and focus and not Think that you're better than everybody else. You're three and zero. If you lose a game, you ain't going to be ranked anymore. um, You better go out there and take care of business each each down and each play and each game, and not be thinking you're better than you are. Because you know we're still James Madison. We're a mid major team. You know we're not we're not Alabama. We're not Penn State. We are who we are, and if we if we're making strides to get to that level. That's great, and if we're doing it faster than we thought we were, which I so far we are, yeah, wow. um, yeah. then that's great too. But don't don't never forget the fact that we're still, you know, we ain't at that level yet where we could compete with Clemson and and Alabama and some of these other teams.
1: Pointed in the right direction for sure, but not absolutely. There. No, we have not climbed the mountain. Yeah, no. we talked about the coaches on the offensive, the offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, Cincinnati what about Tino Sinceri and the job he's doing again with another new quarterback, both him and Signetti in the offense, like they've got a real thing going now in terms of maximizing the abilities of these guys they bring in with, you know, Danucci a couple of years ago, then Cole Johnson last year, who really had a tough spring the year before and got going. And now it looks like they're doing it a third time. Like this can't be luck. They got, they got a plan down there in Harrisonburg.
3: Like, Well, first thing I'd say is thank God for the, uh, the portal. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Look, I know a lot of people don't like that because, you know, guys come in, they're one and done or whatever. And I get it. But that's the way that it's happening now, you know. And so especially with 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 JMU to compete on this level, we got to start picking guys out of this portal that can come and help us each year. Uh, But you're right. I agree with you. Absolutely. Rob, that um, uh, they've taken these quarterbacks and and maximized their abilities uh, to do what they do best. And it's clear that this guy, Santeo, yeah. can do a lot of things. He can, he can, th- yeah. he's got a good arm. It's strong. He has poise and he, and he's not afraid to run. And the yeah. only thing, again, that I said this yeah. before that concerns me is that, you know, you got to be careful because we saw that happen to RG three up here. Yeah. At the, you know, yeah. we've seen it happen to other quarterbacks you know, one bad hit and now you're looking at your second string quarterback. So mm-hmm. can he last the whole season? Let's hope so. Mm-hmm. But when you run like that, you take the risk of getting your your block knocked off. And um, again, I just I every time he runs, I sort of hold my breath that somebody doesn't stick him and that he's then he gets up and he can't walk or he's just out of out of commission. So yeah, yeah. Uh, credit to those coaches for for dealing with guys like that. And he's this kid's got a lot of talent. I think he's great.
1: Yes. Yeah, Steve, it's more than just him running. It's the way he runs. He's a bruising runner. You know, yeah. he does not avoid contact. So if we're talking about going to the soccer team, go to the baseball team, get some guys to come over and teach him how to slide. You know, like he's too <laughs> valuable. Right. He's got to go. No, down. you're it's right. You're right. RG three is an apt comparison. You know, yes. those competitive guys who fight for the extra yard sometimes take a yard la- less and stay healthy. I agree
3: because he he tends to go head first instead yeah. of feet first. And he and had a shoulder. The, yeah. And shoulder for That's the way yeah. he's built. So uh, you know, again, I, I I worry when we start playing some of these other teams that are formidable in that regard. You know, I bring up Marshall, obviously, they're really good, and Louisville and some of these other teams that are on that next level. So uh I you, you gotta hope the guy can stay healthy. I don't know if it's possible to do that for an entire year, but I, I certainly hope so. I'm okay. praying that that he can. Yeah.
1: Well, and speaking and, of transfers though yeah we got to
0: talk about it right Rob
1: yeah well also, Terrence green my guy with the, that was a pretty oh, yeah. pretty big first touchdown he Transferred catch, and up that's
0: from Monmouth
1: yeah transferred up from the FCS so it works both ways like I think certainly Jmu is going to lose guys every year we saw that where we've got you know um Tucker Dorsey and Wells being gone but yep. they bring in guys they bring in guys you know from FBS programs but then also being able to go to a Monmouth and bring in a guy who has For a Thornton big cash yeah Thornton and vmi like that was great. I, I've been beating the drum for Green. I was like, sooner or later, he's going to make a big play. The guy's too good not to. We saw him do it against Jamie in the playoffs two or three years ago. I was thrilled when he made that catch, you know, coming down the in the – was it the beginning of the fourth quarter when he caught that one? It was the was
0: one it? to get him within four. They, it yeah. was the one to make it 28-24. Yeah.
1: But it was great because obviously right. App State was looking to lock it. They didn't want to lose to Thornton.
0: Signetti said after the game, I did hear him say that the, App State's whole plan on defense was to stop Thornton. Yeah, that they focused everything on Thornton Interesting um, to, to stop the deep plays to Thornton. And that worked, obviously. Yeah. Um, but at halftime, Shanahan, Signetti, Sinceri, they obviously figured out how to get Reggie Brown and Terrence Green yeah. going and just let them double cover Thornton every time and yeah. throw it to these other guys. And that was a huge factor. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. We're, yeah. we're going to lose guys and we're going to get guys. And so okay. that's just sort of the way it's going to be for us. Uh, and and hopefully you've got people out there that are recruiting or that know that are aware of other guys that can play I know we hired this guy from where Florida or or whatever uh, oh, yeah. To, yeah, to oversee he on, to, and he's yeah, got all kinds of recruiting mm-hmm. contacts and stuff like that I mean to me the that's a big,
1: player personnel I believe yes, is right, little, yeah, yeah that's
3: a big move I mean that's something that at this level you mm-hmm. got to have somebody like that and he's He's apparently knows a lot of people. He's got a lot of contacts and hopefully he'll be able to help with recruiting. You know, one thing that we, I sit here and we actually did it. I was texting my buddies just (laughs) as we did it. We, we it seems like we hardly ever go over the middle to the tight end. I know that in years past when we had really good tight ends, we would utilize them, but I'm seeing all these throws to the wide side, which they love to do. And that's fine. You know, but that's a tough pass to complete. Uh, especially if you're, if the defensive guys start jumping some of these routes Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and we, and we love to go long down the sidelines and that's fine too, but man, it seems like the middle is always open and we, we rarely go to the tight end over the middle. And just as I started texting them, we, we hit a guy coming across the middle on a slant or whatever it was, and he picked up like 30 yards. So it was, you know, I, I, again, I, I, I think you got to take whatever they give you, but I'd love to see us utilize that play more often. And, Because I like the wide throws, but those are not easy throws to make. You know, those are tough. And if you don't have another guy out there blocking Mm -hmm. uh, for the guy catching the ball, then that play is not going to work very well. Yeah.
0: Well, Rob, I got to ask about you guys about one more player from this game. And I don't mean to go back to another transfer, but oh my goodness, Jamari Edwards, number five on the defensive line, was a monster. So he's the kid that transferred in from Marshall and – We've seen flashes in the first two games, and you could tell from Signetti's press conferences that um, he—I don't um, know—he's—he would like to see Edwards be focused all the time. I think, (laughs) but but he was focused in this game, and oh my goodness! I mean, obviously James Carpenter, the nose guard, has been strong throughout the season, and they got help from all over. I mean, think Jalen Green, the Good Counsel kid, made a really big play on one of the app fourth down stops, Um, but Edwards was. Out of control. I mean, he
1: was killing the quarterback in the third quarter. Like, yeah. I mean, it 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 had like a Lawrence Taylor type feel to it, where he was (laughs) just—it was like relentless and just the fearsome. But what was neat was the other guys just doing their job too. So, like, he could force the quarterback to run or make plays. It wasn't just him chasing everybody down; it was them working together. Like, I, I thought he was terrific, and you're absolutely right to to point out what a dominating performance he had. But just the line as a whole is my takeaway. Like they yeah. were just winning one-on-one matches. And they also were doing things like even my son, who's 12, was pointing out like there were some times where they very clearly were just like, we're going to push him in the pocket and try to contain him. And then there were other plays where they were just pinning their ears back and like, and hey, now we're going to kill him. And you could tell when they were doing either one and they could execute. It was like they, they just seemed to be in total control. And I thought we'd sh- see a couple plays every week when Jamie Meade went to the FBS where you're like, okay, we're going to see more of that next year. But it was pretty much the whole game. They controlled the line of scrimmage.
3: Oh yeah, you know? I mean holding them to sixty-three yards rushing it was phenomenal. And and then once they turned up, you know, it started running some games and blitzing and stuff like that. Uh, it it kind of looked like the Eagles against the Commanders yesterday. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, they they couldn't stop them, and yeah. they just were physically, you know, uh, bull rushing guys and and knocking them back and getting to the quarterback. And that's huge, man, because that quarterback is a big guy and he's a pretty good. You know, quarterback. I mean, the last couple of weeks he's been outstanding. So uh, that was huge. And 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 uh, like yep. you said, that that defensive line, man. There, if they can keep that up and and keep teams from big, you know picking up big yardage on the ground, that'll help in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, college sports. I mean, all sports are momentum's huge in all of sports, but these kids especially. And you just mentioned the Commanders game yesterday. I couldn't help thinking. My wife and I are watching the game here at home. And I couldn't help thinking back to the 08 game, Rob, like that momentum, like once JMU start, once they got to 28, 17, and then they made a couple stops, it was like, Oh, here we go. Like, like, and it just, it once, when they hit the touchdown to Terrence green to make it 28, 24, I mean, the very next play was the interception by Jalen Walker. And it was just like, this is not like whatever's happened. Like apps, not, like they never came back from that. right? That, that's why I think it.
3: that was maybe yeah. the key play of the game because it continued that momentum. Yeah. They were deep in their territory. It was like, you, you know, you, you beat them with a touchdown. Now you come back, you get an interception. Yep. And, yeah. and, and now you're really, you know, punching them in the mouth now. Yeah, you're, if
0: you're app, you're feeling like the wheels have come off here. Yeah. Like, well, the terrible. difference
1: between 2008 and 2022 in terms of viewing experience was it happened so quickly, none of the group techs could catch up. You didn't know what people were excited about. Were you getting the text like because they were excited about the touchdown or were they just really quick talking about the interception? Right.
3: It was just, it was bam, bam. And and, Did we even have texting in 2008? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't think so. so.
1: But it really was so quick. And like you said, like I I was really confident. I thought, okay, they're going to win this game when Green scored that touchdown. But then they followed it up with that. The most athletic play of the game. I think we can agree. For that interception. It's like, oh man, they're. This It's happening now. This isn't yeah. going to be – I was a little bit of a nail-biter, but it wasn't going to be a last drive or anything. So what do you guys think about the decision to go for it at the end there?
0: Uh, well, I think I know house, where you're going to. In our house, no – yeah, you normally I say go for it all the time, Rob. I'm the yeah. one who always wants to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. I think the analytics say go for it more, and I agree with them usually. But I I – even was like, man, I don't know. You could kick the field goal and be up 7. I don't think Apps going to go for 2 if they score again. Like yeah. and then we in our house said, I think there's no wrong decision here. Like once like I you know, like I get it, but I'm not going to be mad at Signetti either way. If they kick the field goal and go up 7, I totally understand. If they don't kick it and they go for it, what they did is even though they didn't make it, they made them go 92 yards.
3: Well, that's that's why you do that. Yeah. Uh, first of all, how long would that field goal have been? Do we know? It
0: would have been pretty close. I mean, I know, and that's the thing. We're all nervous right. about the kicker after missing the short one earlier. Right. I think it was more the coaches were like, you know what? We just said we're going all out in the second half because we're down yes. 20, right. 18 and, points. And what
3: they said was, like, like you said, yeah. if we don't get it, they got to go the whole length of the field, mm-hmm. and our yes. defense is going to stop them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you hope you don't go back into the prevent defense, which I always say prevents you from winning the game. Uh, but uh, but they, they they backed up enough. And I as the other thing I was texting yep. my guys, it's like, back up, don't let them get the big play don't go
1: over the top, you know, because no. they
3: got to score. They can't tell field goal doesn't help them. So uh, I think his mindset was, you know, look, we're going for it. Yep. And if we don't make it, then uh, it's on our defense, and yeah. it's been good the whole game for the most part. And we'll see. Just don't give up the big play. Don't give up the big touchdown. And they came up with a huge that last hit at the oh, end. Q uh,
0: Reed, Q what a Reed. Man.
3: Oh, man,
1: yeah,
0: that
3: was awesome.
0: Old yeah. school hit yeah. Right there. Yeah, <laughs>
1: was, uh, yeah. and um, after the week he had, Steve, I don't know if you heard this. Q Reed lost his father last week.
3: Oh, I didn't hear that
1: earlier in the week. He mentioned it after the game, but to come up and you know. Make that play after that week. I mean, you could not have been more proud for that Damn, game.
3: Damn, that's – I yeah. didn't know that's incredible. And yeah. Yeah. even the week before when – or two weeks before when Signetti loses his father, Cignetti. you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I, I
1: agree with you. Like, I I love the call because it was like, hey, it, we've got the defense get this done. It, to me, it was aggressive both ways. It was like we're either going to get it and the game is absolutely over or we're going to win it with this great stance. Like, I didn't see a tremendous downside Yeah. Um, versus uh, – you'd like to think that the kicker is going to make it, but I do see a little bit of downside in terms of turning the corner with the kicking game. If you miss.
3: Yeah. And that that could
1: be a psyche type thing.
3: You know, and not that they don't have confidence in the guy because they have to, he's their kicker, even though he's a freshman, but um, there's other things that can happen too. You block the field goal and now, now, you know, they can run that thing back for a touchdown. So, I mean, you, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong in that snap. teams yeah. kind of a play, bad snap. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think, I think his thinking is, you know, look, we're going to try to power this thing for a first down. And if not, we got to hold them on D. Yeah.
1: yeah. I thought it was great. I, I liked the play call. It, I mean, they didn't get it, but I had no problem with that. And it basically came down to like, Hey, if you want to win, if you want to win these games in the FBS, you got to stop somebody from going 90 yards on you. Yep. And they did it. Yep. And They did it. So. But man, that Q read play was just fantastic.
3: Yeah, it was fabulous. P-
1: picture perfect hit, too.
3: Yep, you know, absolutely. So, that's the other thing, you know. In this yes. in this day and age, you you know, with the helmet to helmet, and you got to be wise. You got to be more wise than you used to be. You know, um, you got to tackle with your head up, and that's not easy to do because you are going in there and you are trying to maybe get a guy around the knees or whatever. So your head's going to be down, and if it happens to make contact with the other guy, and that happens all the time. Then a lot of times you're either going to get flagged for it or they're definitely going to check it out. They're going to look at it. Oh, yeah. Uh, So that's, you got to be careful. And that's another way of, you know, play smart. You know, we can beat teams physically, but mentally, you got, and it's tough for a kid that's 19, 20 years old. But you got to try to, and this is where the coaches come in. You got to instill the intelligence on these guys. They got to play smart. You know, no stupid penalties, no, uh, unf- you know, uh, f- uh, roughing the quarterback or the punter, uh, you know, no personal fouls. Well, I was I mean, so that- nervous
0: early in the game. We had one big hit or big stop defensively, and our guy got right in the other guys in the App State player's face. And I was so nervous we were going to get an unsportsmanlike. Like, we Those were are finally- the kinds
3: of things yeah. you can't have. You can't yeah. have that.
1: Yeah. It'll turn the game.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know a ton about Texas State, but I know two things. There are two funny connections that we should talk about. One is ob- the obvious one is. JMU lost a coach, not that not all that long ago. Coach Withers um, left to go to Texas State. Okay, um, he put uh, obviously um, did not have a great deal of success at Texas State. Um, but there are some in the fan base who are very excited for this matchup um, at home again. So uh, you know that that's one funny thing. And the other one is um, we've we've been talking all this about kicking game. You know who Texas State's punter is? Nope. It is Harry O'Kelly's younger brother.
3: You're kidding! No,
2: no, no it is.
3: Kidding. Man, these Australians are coming out of the woodwork, man. I, I, they, I know. They, like yeah. every time you turn around, it's like, well, here's the Australian punter, and you see him run four yards to the right and then kick the ball. And you know, look, I I punted and place kicked in high school, and uh, now this is going back just a few years. And um, I was just here's how far I go back. I was a straight on kicker. Okay, oh, so there we go. Mark I still I was. Yeah. I still. So the, your, your fans can't see this, but I still have my square toed shoe, oh, which uh, is an exact replica of what Mark Mosley had. And um, so we kicked straight on and and I was a pretty good punter too, mm-hmm. but, you know, all conventional style, you know, none of none, none, this running around stuff and, <laughs> uh, you know, Sidewinder and all that stuff. So when I see these Australian kids punting, it's like, okay, that's fine as long as you you know, you're a good punter. I mean, oh, you right, run all over right. the place if you want to, but, you know, don't get it blocked and and be yeah. smart and either kick it to where it's going to die at the goal line or, you know, I'm amazed at some of these kickers now that oh, try yeah. to get the ball, they kick it end over end so that it bounces maybe and then lands right at the five. And I'm thinking, you know what, if you're a, a really good kicker and you, and all you do all week long is practice yeah. and the, you're not even with the team, you're out there on another yeah. field practicing, if you can't kick the ball somewhere between the 20 and the goal line on a regular basis then you need to get another kicker because uh, it's not that hard to do you know you you should be able to almost like a field goal kicker where you're accurate between the pipes you should be able to kick the ball between the 20 and the goal line and maybe even the 10 and the goal line and then a you don't have to worry about a return mm-hmm. and b you've pinned him back somewhere inside the 20 which really is the biggest goal. So uh, I would like to see more kickers do that even in the NFL, but they don't. So, uh, so his younger brother kicks for that team. huh? Yeah.
0: The younger brother uh, tweeted a picture of them
3: today and and was like, we're not
0: friends this week or something. (laughs) So, yes, that's
3: great. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. cool. (laughs) And then the other thing too, that we don't know yet is the weather. Oh yeah. You know, you got a hurricane coming up and, um, and they're saying that the remnants are going to be here on Saturday. So, I hope that doesn't screw up the, you know, whatever it is that, you know, the passing game or whatever, right, yeah. or cause fumbles. Because usually when it's wet and it's raining, you get more fumbles and more interceptions and tipped balls and stuff like that. I hope yeah. it doesn't mess it up too bad. And this yeah. is, what, parents weekend this weekend? It is, yeah. So, yeah, big so crowd. It's going to be – Expected. We'll see. Yes. Let's
1: we'll see yeah, how long and, they last.
3: Yeah. And, and for all the all the uh, students that are listening right now, uh, yeah. diligently to this podcast, um, <laughs> let me let me let me let me let me fill you fill you in on something. <laughs> at Alabama and at Penn State and at Tennessee and at Georgia and at Oklahoma. They don't leave at (laughs) halftime. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. This is something that we have to instill upon our students who really aren't really sure and clued in to the fact that we have a really good football team. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. Listen, I went to Madison College when it was 7,500 students. I didn't go there because of the football team. I didn't go there because of the basketball. I went there because it was Madison College. Mm-hmm. And these kids today aren't coming to our school because we have a good football team. Mm-hmm. They're coming because it's James Madison. It's a great mm-hmm. school. Yep. They go to Penn state because of the football team. They go to Ohio state because of the football team. They go to Georgia because right. of the football team, Alabama and Auburn. They don't come to James Madison because of the football team. So I yep. understand that a lot of them aren't clued in yet to what we have.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Listen, we got a really good team that needs to be supported and you don't leave at halftime to go back and, you know, play games on video games and yep. do whatever it is we do. We've got to stay there and keep the place filled up and root for for the home team. You know, that's what you got to do.
1: And the thing they got going for them this year, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of a pass. When you're up 45 points.
3: I get it. A, I get it. All right.
1: But no, I, But I think there's a whole new world. And I think it's key. I think there's going to be close games. I think it's yep. going to be a better product. Absolutely. And I, and I think the student section, as we saw against Middle Tennessee State, can yeah, be a difference crazy. maker. Yeah. It was yeah. fantastic. I mean, yeah.
3: you're not going to have, you're not going to have, I don't think, any no, more blowouts no I mean. like you had the first two games of the no, year. No,
1: no, no. But it, I mean, it's be worth staying and those students. I mean, student sections can make a difference. They can be a huge home Listen, dudes, advantage.
3: When yeah. I was there, there was nothing in the end zone and we used to sit on that hill. Yes. And brother, we had some parties on that hill that you <laughs> can't even imagine. We would look at each other and say, did we score? Or, you know, I mean, is there a game going on? I mean, you had kegs on that hill and it was phenomenal. Oh, and even if that good. train came through, it was still fun. And uh, and then they closed that thing up and it was like, okay, well, I guess we're not sitting on the hill anymore. But, uh, but still, it's an exciting place. And uh, again, I don't know if our students even know it, but, you know, when we were in the FCS and even now, we have one of the best stadiums in the country. I mean, oh, yeah. On the FCS level, we might've had the best stadium in the yep. country. Yep. Uh, and I mean, that, that place is, that's phenomenal. And when I think back to when I went there and it was just an AstroTurf football field with some stands on, on the North side of the of the stadium and nothing on the other side, yep. we used to play our intramural football games on there at night. When and it, uh, it was great. And that's all due to, to Ronald Carrier, Carrier and Dean Ahlers and Ray Sonner. And those three guys, put our school on the map. And of course everybody loved Dr. Carrier, so uh, he's the reason we are where we are, no doubt.
0: And speaking of that, we can't let you go without asking you a basketball question here, Steve. I mean, the new basketball facility? I'm guessing you got to go last year quite a few I did times, six right? games yeah, did, last yeah, yeah. year. <laughs> so um yeah, I mean that place is unbelievable. Yeah. And uh I wanted to ask you just generally, I think we're really quietly super optimistic about the team this year. I I don't know know, if you talked to the coach or anybody, you know, like you got to, I mean, and I, I, the other one, I, my friends have been wanting me to ask you is, um, have you talked to Rod Strickland at all about Terrell playing
1: there?
3: (laughs) Or him coming back.
0: He's coming back.
1: He's coaching.
3: Yeah. I talked to Terrell about Rod, Rod. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. um, and what a nice, nice young man he is. And, uh, you know, when I told him that I did the Wizards games and when his father played and, and I love Rod and he's yeah. a f- friend and I just loved him when he played. And I still even after he went out and started coaching, Phil and I would see him when we go to Memphis or whatever. Uh, and and he was very uh, young. Terrell was very excited about that whole thing. And I really uh, appreciated that. It was so cool to just talk to him and nice, wow. nice, engaging young man. Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, you talked about the, the quiet optimism. It's so quiet that I didn't even know there was optimism. That's how quiet it is because uh, I, I I am hoping because I'm going to be doing, I think five or six games this year. And um, uh, the, the facility is sensational yep and uh it needs to be sold out. I mean it only seats what I don't know eight thousand people 8, 000, or something yeah. like that, and we got twenty two thousand kids at that school. that building needs to be sold out now I know it was for the UVA game what a great win that was, and even beating George Mason after they had beaten Maryland was huge mm-hmm. and then after a couple of injuries, it sort of went downhill after that, which is too bad so you know listen I as much as I love our football team yeah. uh I'm really a basketball guy and so are all of my friends that, that, you know, that donate money to the school and all of that. We're really big basketball people. We went, we went to school at the same time that Sherman Dillard was there. Oh, who's still yeah. probably the greatest shooter in, in Madison history. Oh, yeah. um, and and a, what a guy he is just first class all the way. But he got very frustrated as a coach there because he just couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. And um, like a lot of guys, and it really wasn't his fault, but we need to somehow, be recruiting – I mean, there's the DMV, as you guys oh, know, yeah. the, and all areas around it, even into Carolina and what have you, there's too many good players for us to not be on that level. And at this point, mm-hmm. with this program, with our popularity, and with that arena, there is no reason why we shouldn't be on the same level as VCU. Yep. We should be yep. competing with them like we used to back in the day. Yep. We should be competing with Richmond – Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be getting beat by George Mason. No. I mean, these are things that, you know, our f- basketball team has to get to the level that the football team is at right now. And that's been very frustrating for me because um, oh, yeah. we're too too popular of a school not to have a, you know, f- a bunch of really, and we're only talking about, you know, 12, 13 kids. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, Two or three can
1: get, move the needle.
3: Yeah. yeah. We got to be out there recruiting and getting these young players. Maybe, maybe they're, They're not the players that aren't going to make it at UVA or Tech, but they're still pretty good and we got to get them. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's, again, that, that arena needs to be filled. I'm sorry. You know, it just, there's no reason for it not to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're preaching the choir in terms of, the, the importance of recruiting the DMV. And that's one thing I think Byington built a staff to do that, particularly Xavier Joyner, who has ties to AAU, team takeover around here, coached at Paula Six. You know, mm-hmm. we tapped into the WCAC this year, got the first recruit I can recall getting from DeMatha. It, I mean, I can't recall, Jamie, getting anywhere from the WCAC no. in decades. Uh, so I'm optimistic about that. I think it's so simple. Like, yeah, you might not get – the five star from you know Damatha or Gonzaga or Paul the six, but maybe you get the other guy who was a sporting cast who could blossom when he's the number one or number two option. So
0: absolutely, uh,
1: I, I think it's great. I'm really optimistic. I think I Good. think Myington gets it, and I think he's got the right staff. And I, I'm I glad think the, to hear you say that. I think the school's ready. To, I think in terms of undergraduates, um, football yeah. will get there in the coming years. I think football will be a draw, and you will start getting people that apply because. They went there, you know, growing up to games or some on game day. I think the school population now is ready to turn on basketball. That UVA game, I really think, showed people the potential. And,
3: that uh, was huge. Yeah. Now, listen, I think this year, I want to say the date's November 22nd. Yeah, they play,
1: they play yeah. Carolina, the Carolina. Oh, my
3: God.
2: Oh, no. yeah. oh, no, no. I know. I
3: know. I start to sweat when I and hyperventilate when I think about that. <laughs> to have to go to Chapel Hill. I mean, I don't know. Look. They will have
0: already played UVA at that point.
3: Okay. (laughs) So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, I guess at this this level, you've got double
0: team is uh is going to be something. I mean, this is one of those year we don't we only see these every few years in college
3: basketball. Now you guys probably don't remember. I don't know what how old you were when we uh, we had a game against Carolina. The game was in Hawaii. God. Lefty was coaching JMU and Dean was coaching Carolina. Oh wow. uh, And we were winning. We were up by 11 points at halftime.
2: Oh, wow. And I'm,
3: I'm, I'm calling my buddy, Steve Lelou, I'm up here and he's down in Carolina and we're like, Holy, you know, we're, we're beating Carolina. This is unbelievable. And then, you know, okay. it gets down late and, and then this guy King Rice hit a shot off the backboard yep. to win the game. That was just ridiculous. And, you know, it was like, well, lefty's playing Dean, you know, it ain't over yet. So and it, unfortunately, we couldn't pull it out. But that was just unbelievable. And then, of course, the three years that we went to the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and won in the first round each each year, including, and in, I want to, say, want to say it was 1980, beating Georgetown in the first round. Oh, wow, that yeah. was huge. Yep. We beat, um, I guess we beat Ohio uh, State, right? Ohio State. Or and we beat, yeah. Right, and then we beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sorry. We beat West Virginia yeah, the good. year that we then went on to play Carolina and they won the whole thing with a guy named Jordan worthy and Perkins. And then if you remember after this, after they won the NCAA title, they stuck a mic in front of them and they said, well, the toughest team defensively that we faced was James Madison. That was (laughs) Michael Jordan that said that. So, you know, that was pretty cool. And, and, and that, that, that game that we lost to them, if you remember, that was a one point game, you know, a controversial call at the end of the game on, on Charles Fisher on a block charge. So, Um you know, and we had some other good games, too, even the game against Florida, you know, oh, where they yeah. won the thing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So we've had some, you know, but the, back in the day, listen, I used to say if we could have kept Ralph Sampson in Harrisonburg, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. we'd have been something else. But but we wow. had – and I don't know if you guys knew this, but in our my first year there, which was actually 73-74, um, we had an assistant coach named Mike Fratello. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was an assistant to he Luke did. Campanelli. And for two years. So, I mean, we, we had some great coaches. And Campanelli was a f- phenomenal coach. And we had some great players, man. Oh. Sherman Dillard and Steve Steelper and Pat Dosh. And, uh, and Steve Hood
1: in the later years. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Uh, you know, and then the year that they had those transfers come in, mm-hmm. Chancellor Nichols and Fess Irvin and those guys, I think it, before the season started, we were picked 20th in the nation. Oh, wow. uh, but it didn't pan out. But still, you know, we've had some good teams. And now we got to be on another level with uh, being in the FBS.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: no doubt. And we're hopeful. And I think with Byington, this will be a weird year too, because, you know, they're fully eligible. They don't have this football transition. Like if they win, they they get to go to the tournament like anybody else. And Byington, of course, you know, he's a Georgia Southern guy, right? He coached in the Sunbelt. So this is his wheelhouse. I think this is a real opportunity for, you know, I mean, I expect the women to be good every year. But like yeah. the men's team, I feel like there's a real opportunity there this year to surprise a lot of people in this conference. So you know that
3: when I went to school there, the women's team was called the Duchesses.
0: I, I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yep. yep. the Duchesses and the Dukes. So that all it changed.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. And uh, uh but you know, we you know, I mentioned the the football s- the stadium. Mm-hmm. We were the first team in the state of Virginia to have an AstroTurf football field. Uh, and then obviously it started to be built up around it, but that was pretty cool. Uh, at one point we had 28 sports, uh, varsity sports for men and women, the most of any school in the state. We had to get rid of a bunch of them, which is too bad, but we just yeah. had to. A lot yeah. of schools did. Maryland had to do the same. And I always, I remember, you know, when we beat Virginia Tech, which still to this day is one of the great wins in our football program's history. We were asked how to rank this one. This one is is ranked up there high. I mean, this was a big win. I, I think you have to put into context uh, the, the the two national championship wins, which were huge, huge, uh, uh, and then this, which is, you know, in a different way. It's not a national championship; it's one game, but clearly it was a statement game. It was an impact game, exactly. Uh, but after we beat Tech, uh, and a lot of my friends went to Virginia Tech. You know, I used oh, to. Anytime it. I see my buddies from Virginia Tech, I tell them one of. One of the great jokes that was spawned from that from that game, and it is, how many batteries does it take to light up Blacksburg, Virginia? One, double A. Yeah. There you go.
1: Yes,
0: yes. Right. Oh, well, that makes us so happy. That's good. Yeah, great. it's a
1: good uh, one. That's hilarious. Yeah. I got to say, guys, th- this has been great. Um, speaking of Virginia Tech, my brother-in-law is coming to town. I just heard him come in the door, so I got to get out of here. He went to Virginia Tech. <laughs> so I'm going to go remind him of this thing that, that happened. Yeah, tell him that joke. Yeah, 10 year 10 year anniversary was a couple weeks ago or 11 year anniversary. But Steve, wow. this was this lived up to the hype. We were so excited to have you on here. It was so fun. Uh we tell people all the time, you will not meet a more passionate alum than Steve Buckants and your stories I could listen to for hours. I'm so excited we got to share uh, a little bit of this this first big FBS win, hopefully the first of many. And just thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Cannot. Well, cannot Todd
3: and Rob, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to sit down and chat for as long as I have to with any fellow Dukes. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. A lot of fun and continued success the rest of the of your podcast season. Oh, Absolutely. Thanks, dude. and looking forward Bye.
1: to hearing you on some calls this winter.
3: Yeah, uh, I'll be there. Come, come right. say hi. Yep. Right. Go Dukes.
2: They hate it, they never believe me yeah, I would never drop the ball, I know I'm making look keys yeah, Mayweather with the defense I don't care what a critic, gotta say I got him picked another piece yeah, That of me you really playing with your life, I'm about to come and run it all back I'm the new era, about to snap back, you ain't fitting for it cause you all cap like Hold up, I shoot my shot, wait, hold up I'm really about to run this, go up You know it's all net when it go up let me relax, relax. stop assuming mm. With me, I promise I'm too much. I can never let up, even if you had enough. This ain't for the faint of heart. We always playing rough. I had enough, it ain't luck. I needed a vision, I needed ambition, I needed a mission to be this.